Time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Still more follow-up, more discussion about this health care deal. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Jimmy. Okay, let's talk about the health minister's reaction to this. Yeah, so Premier Eby is, uh, I guess, was still in transit yesterday. So it fell to Adrian Dix, the health minister, who didn't go to Ottawa for the meetings to tell us what the provincial government's initial reaction was. And he had a media availability, and he started off by saying, well, I'm not going to be negative. Like, I'm not going to be negative. And uh, then later on, he said, well, we need the federal government to respond better. So I'll let you decide whether or not that sounds negative or not. It struck me as kind of reserved, at least. Uh, The premier said the offer, the well, it's not even an offer, really. It's take it or leave it. Was fiscally limited. Adrian Dix said it's good that Ottawa has finally had a meeting. It's good that they've recognized they do need to put more money in. But he didn't dispute the coverage out here, Simi, which is that the new money in this deal is about $600 million a year for British Columbia. That's not nothing, but it's a far cry from what the province needs to fund um, health care out here. That's um, hmm, about 1% or 2% of the provincial health care budget, depending on how you measure it. Hmm. That's not very much, but I mean, if we we don't agree, it's enough. But we're still signing on to it, right? We're still taking it. You're going to have to. You know, again, I said yesterday that pay close attention to what the Premier of Quebec says because he has no scales on his eyes about what it's like to deal with Ottawa. Premier Legault said clearly the federal government, has, the Prime Minister, has a different definition of sustainability than I do. But he also said, made it clear that Trudeau made it pretty clear in the behind-closed-door sessions that this is Ottawa's final offer. This is not a negotiation, right? The federal government is, this is how much they're going to give over 10 years, $46 billion in new money spread around the provinces on a per capita basis, and that's how you get to British Columbia getting about $600 million a year because the $46 billion, Simi, as you know, is over 10 years. It's not a one time deal. So 600 million bucks falls well short of what the provinces were asking for, what BC was asking for. BC was looking for more like $4 billion with Ottawa finally coming up to what it used to do in terms of financing health care. So BC's on its own. Uh, I don't think they're going to get more money in the short run. And well, Dix can be as positive or negative as he likes. Premier Eby may say something different when he's in the legislature today because he is back. But, yeah, I think you're quite right. The provinces are going to take it because they realize the way Ottawa does these things, it's take it or leave it. Well, yeah, and we have to take it, right? Otherwise, there's no money there. So I guess the Premier will be talking more about this, we assume? I assume so. To me, it poses a real challenge for the New Democrats because... For two years, any time they've been asked about underfunding of health care, shortages of doctors, waiting lists, you name it, they've always thrown in, and we think Ottawa should pay more of its share for health care. Well, this is the deal, this is what we're getting, and it doesn't begin to address that. So do they go on blaming Ottawa? I mean, they can, But here's the other part of the dilemma. The only reason Trudeau was in power and comfortable there is because the federal wing of the NDP keeps propping him up. 
and that includes the NDP MPs from British Columbia who share the same ridings as some of the provincial New Democrats. So how long do you go on saying, boy, oh boy, somebody's got to do something about how the federal government isn't measuring up on this when your own party could bring them down next week? Yeah, that makes it very difficult to do that. And has Jagmeet Singh said anything about this? Um, I think he came out and said it wasn't enough. Uh, no. I haven't. Uh, that's probably what he would say. And, you know, that, that is a common line out there from anybody who sympathizes with the provinces. Now, the federal government view is uh, the, the provinces will never be satisfied. They manage the system. It's up to them to manage the system within these resources. But I think there's been some very good commentary from some of the people nationally who follow this closely that this simply isn't enough to solve the demographic crisis in healthcare. An aging population, truer in British Columbia than anywhere else, truer for me than anybody. I'm the aging population. So, you know, I, again, I, the listener could check out Andre Picard in the Globe and Mail yes. this week. He's been very good on this. Conrad Yakubuski as well. Uh, some of the other national coverage, um, I think, makes it quite clear that this really isn't enough to address the problem that provinces are wrestling with. Whether or not you think the provinces could do more and better manage the system, I think the basics is Dix is right. Ottawa needs to do more. I just don't think they're going to do more. That is very true. Uh, now, another story, we're going to be talking about another story here coming up later in the show about, uh, and this kind of went by the wayside, but U.S. Yeah. President Joe Biden this week in a State of the Union address saying some things that clearly not Canada friendly. Yeah, I think this is from Canada's point of view, a bigger story than uh, a lot of things out of the Biden uh State of the Union that got coverage up here. So in the middle of it all, he tells Congress that uh, he is putting out a regulation that will require that all construction materials using U.S. federal government money on U.S. federal infrastructure projects must be made in America. He said lumber, glass, drywall, fiber optic cable. So lumber's the big one for us. Canadian lumber is frozen out of being used in U.S. government infrastructure projects. And this is a trillion-dollar infrastructure plan. This is a big deal for Canada. Um, I'm glad that you're going to have somebody on talking about it today, because I looked at all the coverage yesterday. Not much. I, you know, this is a problem with the way we collectively, Canadians, look at the United States. We kind of, you know, we see Democrats as good and Republicans as bad. So we tend to cover something like Biden's State of the Union speech, tend to look at it as, well, you know, he stood up to those nasty Republicans that were heckling him, right? Which is sort of the way the Democrats look at it. Instead of going, wait a minute, what's... What's in it for us? How does this affect yeah. us? We need kind of to look at the United States. Sometimes they're our friends. Sometimes they're our enemy. Not get caught up in the finger-pointing partisan public in the, uh, politics in the states, which is understandable, right? But go, hmm, what did he say that affects Canada? Well, the biggest thing he said that affects Canada is your lumber isn't welcome. Your materials aren't welcome. We are not going to allow you to supply any material on a trillion-dollar infrastructure plan. On that issue, 
Joe Biden is not our friend, no matter what you think of the Republicans. And you know what? I haven't even heard much response on this from the federal government. Nope, I haven't seen much either. You know, no, they're kind of swamped with a health care thing, so maybe they'll get out today. I did see a, a statement yesterday from the Canadian Free Trade Lumber Council pointing this out. I expect, you know, our forest minister will weigh in fairly soon. Uh, BC is already wrestling with the latest softwood lumber imbroglio, where once again, the Americans are putting up barriers against our lumber. So this is just part of the picture. But yeah, uh, Canada, you pay a little less attention to what the Democrats are saying down there and a little more attention to how it affects our interests, because this is a big one. They're freezing our products out. They're making sure that American manufacturers only get to provide the materials, and this is not a small amount of infrastructure. It's a trillion dollars worth of construction projects. And isn't this like, you know, it used to be that when we had a softwood lumber problem with the United States, that's all we talked about, but it doesn't feel like it gets that same level of importance anymore. No, that's true. And of course, you know, uh, uh, some people will recall that um, Donald Trump, Republican, gave up on the traditional Republican view that freer trade was good and protectionism was bad and indulged in the protectionism as well. I mean, again, I would note that the legislation that Biden is putting out this regulation under, so he's going to make the rule that you can't buy Canadian materials or anybody else's materials. That legislation, trillion-dollar infrastructure, bill is bipartisan. Republicans and Democrats support it. They're looking at their constituents, and their constituents, you know, a lot of the Republicans represent those southern states where um, the softwood lumber lobby against Canada lumber is located. So this is a very popular thing for Americans of both political stripes to do, but it doesn't serve Canada's interest. And as I say, Simi, on this one, Joe Biden is not our friend. Not at all. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.